everybody and welcome to another episode of the five for five podcast how you doing mike doing really good punchy though excited to be here tonight that's good that's good you know the premise of this show is that we are going to be going over five articles five episodes at a time and we're going to be competing for points exactly as you know the points are worthless and the journey into history though is priceless that's right all the points in the world or none at all it all just depends on how good this article is what do you think should we get started i i am if i'm ready if you are man let's do it Okay, Mike, so this article is from April 15th of 1917, and it's from Mansfield, Ohio. Okay. Yeah, it was written in the Mansfield Shield. Got it. The general topic is perpetual motion. Oh, wow, you're getting real scientific on us. Yeah, it's real scientific. I picked this one because I knew you would like it. Yeah, I think this might be a heavy hitter, man. The article starts with the headline. It says, claims he discovered perpetual motion. And it reads like this. Is perpetual motion a principle here to... Man, this is a difficult... Because it's, it's an old-timey yeah, article. They, they speak transatlantic. <clears throat> yeah. Is perpetual motion... Nothing. Okay. <laughs> the Hindenburg. It's the okay. Hindenburg. All right. Is perpetual motion a reality in Tiflin? Arthur Brown, a driver of the milling company delivery wagon, claims to have invented a machine that runs absolutely on its own power and without the aid of steam, hot air, electricity, or other material power. Not only that, but the inventor claims a machine can be built after his model large enough to run the heaviest of modern machinery. Brown's model was completed after... 23 years of effort on the part of the inventor to perfect his idea. Since that time, he claims the machine has run continuously. Sure. Sunday, he placed the model in the window at his home several hours where the spinning wheel could be viewed by passersby. Brown, who is about 45 years of age, conceived his idea while employed as a steam engineer. Many times since he began to build his first model in a little workroom in his home, he gave up in despair. Okay. Every time, he says, something spurred him on to further the effort. Last July, he gave up his occupation as an engineer and went to a quiet spot on a farm where he spent many hours at his bench. Several months ago, he removed to the city where the model was finally finished. The model, which is small, being not over three feet long overall, develops enough power to run a sewing machine or other light machinery with power to spare, he says. Its construction will cost no more than other engines of power. The principle is an absolute secret. Balls, weights, springs, or electrical principles are not involved in its operation. In short, it is something no inventor has yet conceived. Yet he says it's very simple. Got it. He will place the machine on exhibition for sale about May 1st, he says. In the meantime, he will try to interest a wealthy relative in Toledo. If Brown's ideas prove to be practical and not a myth, the whole mechanical world will be revolutionized and Brown's name made immortal with that of Thomas Edison and other originators who were pioneers in bringing about the wonders of the mechanical age. That's pretty mind-blowing. I mean, that's a bold claim. This guy is essentially trying to put himself up there with Tesla and Edison with with an invention. 
if I can, let, let me get this right. I, I want to make sure for those listening, because that, that, that was a lot to unpack. It was a lot. I do have all the facts, so fire away. Granted, I, I, have, a, I have a feeling I'm not touching on everything here, but I, I want to see what I, what I can gloss over. Sure. So basically, this 45-year-old guy from Ohio develops a machine uh, only after quitting his job to go into solitude to develop it, basically. He finishes it after moving into the city. His first model is about three feet long. It's a small, small device, and it can self-power things like a sewing machine. Right. So the whole thing takes place, like we said, 1917. It's in Ohio. Okay. And it's in a little town called Tiflin. All right. And I looked it up, and it's about an hour each way between Mansfield, where this newspaper is, and Toledo, Ohio. Got it. Got and it. And the guy, Arthur, he's 45, just like you said. And he's a delivery wagon driver, but you're right. He did leave his occupation as an engineer to become that driver, and I'm assuming to have time to do this, right? So this guy's dedicated. Uh, apparently, he had been trying to do this for about 23 years. That's a really long time, man. I mean, yeah. that's dedication. I mean, this guy put in crazy amounts of hours, but there's kind of like some quirky stuff that goes on. The article like stated about him being really secretive about the whole thing. Like it glossed over some of the end because it gets kind of wordy. But apparently he had like different companies in different parts of Ohio do different components of the machine. Right. So as to like not reveal the secret or have somebody kind of like put it all together. You know what I mean? Super elaborate. This wasn't like something that he just kind of decided to just throw together one day or whatever talking about like 23 years of super duper secret operations based around this whole machine and everything and he's you know he's a 45 year old guy so either he's like a genius engineer or inventor or whatever or he's like stubborn as a mule yeah he's busting like a pt barnum or something you know what i'm saying like like he either put it up to be a total hoax or he set it up to because he actually believes he could do it i really feel like this guy was was vested i i don't think he's trolling i i i think that this guy was was dead serious yeah and he's making the claims like that it can run a sewing machine and everything i mean back then like the sewing machines were like pedal driven so it had like a little belt on the table and all of that you've seen that right right absolutely the claim is that it'll run something like that and it'll just do it indefinitely and he doesn't want to divulge how it works he doesn't he doesn't want to give it up at all like he doesn't have any intent of giving it up until it's patented and uh, the one that kind of gets me is that it said that he he was intending to contact a wealthy relative in Toledo. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I mean, I guess the, the what's implied is that I guess this guy's going to help him out, try and front him some money to get this thing out to market. I, yeah, it sounds like a seed money thing or something. He's, he needs an angel investor. Got you it. know, something, something along those lines. Yeah. So the claim by the writer of the article is that if he manages to do this, it's going to put him up there with like Thomas Edison and everything. No, this this guy definitely comes across as wanting to break ground or at least having the, the motivation to want to try and do it. Perpetual motion is something that I knew Mike would be excited to talk about because it literally is totally sprinkled with just... A history of hoaxes, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of snake oil. It's a whole history of snake oil. So a perpetual motion machine is a hypothetical machine by definition. Hypothetical, right? That can do work indefinitely because the machine produces perpetual motion. It just has no energy source or anything. It just goes on forever. And people have been like 
really seriously working on this thing throughout history, like Da Vinci and Bernoulli. And then later on, like Tesla tried to do some stuff in 1900. He claims to have come up at least with a concept, but he never made a working model. So to be fair, what you're not even to be fair, but to be accurate, you're looking at over 300 years of attempted history. Yeah, I kind of feel like Arthur Brown from Ohio in 1917 like i would have heard about him if he had been successful by now right shout out to art brown art brown yes inventor extraordinaire i mean look it's an important attempt i mean things don't get discovered until we we try it i mean obviously we 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 can kind of determine where this went given the fact like you said we haven't heard of of arthur brown i'll give him his props though he's committed right i mean think about that i mean there's a you you go you quit your job you go off to this rando place in the middle of nowhere you start to develop something you come up with essentially a concept you finish it and you actually create a working prototype that says a lot 23 years afterward 23 years later yeah and the guy's what 45 when this was written so he's been working on this thing for a long time his social life was not a good one. I, I wish I could make a motivational poster out of this some way, somehow. Like, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> I mean, he could have gone small scale and just stuck with sewing machines. He could have locked the game down. I mean, he could have been the king of all sewing machines with his perpetual motion hustle. Right. This machine of me and Mike takes energy. It has an energy source. And we've got to pay for that energy source right now. It's, it's needed. Let's definitely simmer over that. So we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we will keep talking about Perpetual Motion and Arthur. It's time to pay those bills, folks. We really do appreciate you listening. This is Evita from Flying Blind Podcast. You're listening to the 5 for 5 Podcast with Panchito and Mike. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media, at Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. All right, folks, and we're back with the 5 for 5 podcast. I'm Mike. I'm here with Panchito. How's it going? Panchito's just been elucidating brilliantly this story about uh, perpetual motion. Arthur Brown. Arthur Brown from Ohio, age 45. A determined man. A man with a mission. Someone who wants to make motion, perpetual motion. 23 years trying to do this thing. It's a long time and there's a lot to invest into it. Da Vinci tried it. A bunch of other smart guys tried it. Tesla tried it. Right. Tesla himself was like, yes, it works. But he also made a claim that it used some kind of science that only he was privy to that's a great start usually when someone claims to use something that nobody else knows as a technology or as like a device for change or something like that it's kind of hard to buy into right but only i know the secret right only i know the secret it's not that i'm smarter than everybody i just figured it out i have a vision and i swear you'll see it one day yeah yeah that's what it is. I'm just holding back for your guys' benefit. The world is not ready. I have a pyramid scheme for you. Yeah, I've got a bridge to sell you. In Ohio. In Ohio, right, yeah. So one of the most recent attempts, and I looked this up because I was really curious, was in Dublin. Apparently some company uh, in 2006 
said that they had figured out perpetual motion. Break it down for us. They came up with this machine and they were basically ready to make it public and they were gonna give science, the science community, an opportunity to debunk it. Every other perpetual motion machine up to this point has been debunked. But in 2006, this company in Dublin, they're like, no, we got it. We figured it out. Right. So by 2007 or so, it was supposed to go on display and the rumor was that it was gonna be clear excellent and so you could see like the placement of the devices and the magnets and all this kind of stuff i mean they really transparency full transparency literally right and so they made all these claims and the whole thing was supposed to work or whatever right and then in 2007 when they were meant to display it it didn't go on display Awesome. I love where this is going. Uh, The whole thing with it not going on display was said to be something to do with the lighting where they were going to display it. Like the light was somehow just like messing everything up on the machine. Of course. Of course. The in at the end of the day, the light bulb is what messed up the perpetual motion machine. That's what they're saying, I think. I, I didn't realize that quite arguably one of the most world changing technologies was dependent on the lighting in the room. Right. It's perpetual motion and it does this all by its lonesome and without an energy source or anything, but don't turn on the lights. <laughs> I'm having a hard time keeping a straight face with that one. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. It's a, don't turn on the lights. It's scared. Of the light. It's like <laughs> perpetual. You know what it is? Is I think cockroaches are powered by perpetual motion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I think I can agree with that sentiment for if sure. You turn on the lights and those things just, they take off. They're fast. They're relentless. Right. They just book it. They're just no longer functional in a room with light. And I think that's what happened with this company in 2006. They built it too close to the cockroach schematic. And the light just messed it all up. That that definitely seems plausible. I think we found the correct thread to pull for unraveling that story. It has something to do with the cockroach theory. So a premiere in the dark is the best thing that they need. Right. Maybe that's what happened to Arthur. Poor Arthur. Way back in 1917 in Ohio, somebody turned on the lights. Or the lamps. They turned on the gas lamps. Or no, this wasn't gas lamps. This was like legit lights. But they turned on those lights. The incandescent bulb. Hey, man, the struggle was real back then. Right, right. Poor Arthur's invention was just rendered useless at that point. I mean, my imagination kind of goes a little nuts with this because let's pretend just for a moment Art Brown was on top of what he was talking about and what he was trying to sell to us. Art Brown is legit in this scenario. Yeah, let's in an alternate universe, if you believe in that, Art Brown was for real. And Art Brown created it. And Art Brown surpassed Albert Einstein and Tesla as one of the most influential. And Da Vinci. And Da Vinci. And Bernoulli. Yeah, absolutely. And this guy from Ohio did it. Imagine the the, the practical uses of that. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty positive we would have found something to do with that by now. Like, I don't think this machine is sitting somewhere just like, well, we don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's going to turn into one of those uh, stories like like the like cell phone technology, you know, shelved for, you know, 40 plus years. Yeah, I don't think you're going to find that. So I want to give you kind of a little context of how like perpetual motion machines are sort of approached nowadays, specifically here in the U.S., right? The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office currently refuses to patent any version of a perpetual motion machine without a functional working model. I smell conspiracy theory already just left and right. The conspiracy theorists (laughs) must be losing their mind over that. 
Yeah, they they've got their foil hats on. They just finished their flat earth video. Right. They've already logged all the chemtrails. And now we need to have a conversation about perpetual motion. Right. Right. They're going to be freaking out when they hear this factoid that I just spit out. What do you mean they won't even make an uh, uh, an application? They won't even let you submit without a What do you mean? I feel like that's the official voice. Yeah, that, that's, that kind of guy. That's like the guy who's outraged. Right. Speaking of that kind of guy, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on. Like, if there's people out there, like these guys in 2006 that try this, right? Yeah. They, they're like, let's have another go at it, right? That's kind of one of the last big documented attempts, right? They're like, like pre-flat Earth. Right. Like, who are these guys? Like, what's motivating them? Besides the obvious, right? Because right. if you can do perpetual motion, I think that kind of solves a lot of problems. You know, we don't have to worry about resources in the same way and, you know, a bunch of things like that, right? But outside of that, you think there's like a, it's an ego thing? Like they want to be the guy that was smart enough to figure it out? I think there's truth in that. I don't think all of them collectively share that mentality, but that least one individual does. Yeah, there's a nugget of it in, at least in every one of these people, right? And, and I would argue... Probably one of the more core individuals, at least one of them harbors that, that, that desire, that want. Because that desire and want is inherently built into a great deal of humanity. So it makes me wonder who these people are. Like, uh, you think they're recluses to begin with? Or I, don't, I don't really know. Like, what makes you want to just, like, sit in a room and be like, I'm going to solve this? Well, I think it speaks a lot to the person. I mean, you mentioned Nikola Tesla. Right. I think that, I mean, take a look into his personality. I think it speaks a lot to, to what his was and his relationship with, with Edison. You know, they, they really... That was atop this scenario. Right, right. It, and that was like an ongoing, almost everyday thing. Yeah, they were feuding it out. Quite, quite literally. That's a, a hard nut to crack. What makes these people tick? Why they choose specifically this thing to go at? And it's been something just classically that's come up. And in the U.S., it's a really popular thing. Most of the stories I've found... We're from the U.S. Wow. There's definitely a huge interest. At, at, were they all in a, in a given time span, like within like a, the same 50 year, 70 year, 80 year period? Or was it just varied? It kind of goes all over the place, but there seems to be a concentration from about like the late 1800s into like, mm, like up into like the 1930s, 40s, 50s around there. So right around the Great Depression is when all the curiosity pretty much stops. I think so. I think that... People were kind of like, look, man, we've got lights. The cars are all over the place. We're flying now. We're flying, right. But I think these guys already felt like they were on the cusp of like the future, right? Like these are future thinkers. These are futurists. Yeah, they're very much futurists of their time. And, and um, not every one of them gets to actually change the world, unfortunately. But them's the brakes. <laughs> yeah, them's the brakes. I don't know. These guys, I, I got to give them credit for trying. But at the same time, it's like, man, I don't know. Thermodynamics says you can't do it. Like all the science is like, nah. Try telling that to art. Art has heart. And, and, and bless him for it. Yeah, God bless art for having a big heart. And he's just so proud of it. He's got to keep it a secret. <laughs> that, that, that's the quirky part, right? I'm so proud of this accomplishment that I did. How did you do it? <laughs> Rather not why, would say. I, why would I want to tell you? Right, yeah. I'd like to know the long-term ramifications of this on his life. Did he wind up destitute after this? <laughs> I mean, you said the curiosity and all this usually ends right around the Great Depression. I mean, that, you know, he pretty much just 
call it a day. Well, the story, like I said, it fizzles. Nothing really happens after this. So then, you know, we don't really hear about another big breakthrough in Toledo or, you know, and Art Brown's name just doesn't exist. I, they actually, like, list his address in the article. If I was an Art Brown hater, I would love to know that. They say it like if it's his height. You know, like they just listed in there like it's a little fact about here's a little fact about art. This is where he lives. If you want to go, oh, I don't know, poke fun at him. Right. Hate on the guy. Right. If you feel like you want to spread the hate, right, perpetually. Old timey perpetual hate. That's the kind of life I want to live. <laughs> yeah. Poor art, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor art with the heart. I give that guy a lot of credit, though. It was a perpetual refusal. Yeah. He was in perpetual refusal. To believe that his invention was just, you know, useless. I can definitely begin to think of uh, some great things and some some great ways this could have changed humanity. Uh, Art, I wish you did this, man. Coming from modern times. Right. Can you imagine all of the sewing machines and small machinery we could have run with this perpetual motion machine if it had been legit? The world would have been totally different in 2019. But alas, Art and his big heart could not make the machine function. And on that note, folks, it's time to score this article. It's important that we do this. Right, the scoring of the points is very important. As you guys all know, the points mean absolutely nothing. But the journey down history, Mike? Absolutely priceless. Absolutely priceless. So necessary. The 5 for 5 podcast is coming right back. This is Evita from Flying Blind Podcast. You're listening to the 5 for 5 Podcast with Panchito and Mike. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. At Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. I'm going to go ahead and rate this episode because I'm ready to do it. So this time is Mike's turn to judge me, to decide how worthy I am with this story because I know he likes the subject, but oh man, he might, I don't know, you feel bad for art? Is that what's, I, Don't give me pity points just I don't, for, for I, art's sake. I don't give pity points, okay, first all right. of all. I, I, I might have my times where I'll feel pity, but it doesn't mean I give points. All right, then let's do it. That said, I'm going to give a score of seven light bulbs. Why light bulbs? Why light bulbs? Because of the time. Edison, Tesla, and art. Edison, Tesla, and art. That's what I'm talking about. Legends of their time. You get light bulbs, dude. Well, I am perpetually thankful for those points, Mike. Because that was a bright article. Right? That was a smart one. I'm going to do you a favor, actually. Uh, I'm going to thank you. It's not really a favor. Uh, I'm going to thank you on behalf of everyone listening for increasing everybody's IQ a minimum of two points. Not a perpetual increase in IQ, but a slight increase in IQ. However, if you continue to listen to the Pop 5 for 5 podcast, we may talk perpetual increase. Right. <laughs> and we may just talk perpetually if we don't stop. As is the 5 for 5 podcast way. <laughs> right. It's a borderline ramble. But that's the best part about it. We love it. It is time to say goodbye. We want to thank you for tuning in once again 
Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you for the points. Thank you for the light bulbs. It was amazing. It's been a pleasure, folks. Super excited. Love being here. Listen next time on the next 5 for 5 podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. Like Panchito said, subscribe, like, love, and follow at ZWERC Media. Peace out. Thank you.